Well, such a joy to be here. How you doing, Pastor? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Thanks, guys. Y'all can take a break just for a minute. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share from the Word just a little bit this morning. The hallmark of who we are really is around the heart of worship. We have spent our life leading people into the presence of the Lord. People ask me all the time, well, Pastor Joe, you know, what What makes what you do different than anyone else? I said, well, every one of us are unique in the eyes of God. We all bring who we are to the table. For some, they pastor. For others, they're teachers. Others are evangelists. Others are prophets and apostles. But one thing I've learned in in leading worship is this, is that we're always under the subjection of the pastor and the leadership of our pastor, but one thing I learned being a worship leader is that you'll all also pastor, you'll also evangelize, you'll also teach, you'll also prophesy, and you'll also be an apostle as you continue to grow older in, in your ministry. And so those five gifts operate in our lives. Now, that doesn't give us the authority and the right to usurp a pastor's authority. And one of the things we've, we've really worked hard is teaching young men and women that serve in the house of the Lord in the, in the realm and the role of worship leader how to come under the, the uh, hands of their pastor and hold those hands up and help them do what they're called to do. And so we have a music college we have a three-year program where young men and women can get a Bachelor of Music ministry. And if they have 30 hours of uh, credits of a you know, community college or university, it becomes a Bachelor of Arts. And then also there's a two-year Bible degree connected to it. So this week we started another week of cl- another semester of classes. We have students from Fiji. We have students from uh, Thailand. We have students from... Uh, uh, South Africa. We have students from the United States of America. Any I'm leaving out? I think that's most of them. But anyway, we've had students from Brazil. We've had students from the UK, from Holland. We've had students from, uh, I'm trying to think. That's most of them. I think that's most of them. But it's such a joy to be able to speak into the life of others and, and uh, just leave a deposit. And so most of our ministry will be around the heart of worship. One of the things that people do is they equate worship with just singing. Worship is more than just singing. Worship is more than a song. Worship is a way of life. It's a a heart thing. And so whenever we share out out of the word concerning the heart of worship, uh, our ministry was birthed in our private place. In other words, God began to work these things in our lives in the private places before they ever became public. And you better have a private ministry first or that private work of the Holy Spirit before you get into public ministry because 
<laughs> you get in public ministry and you don't have a great foundation, then, then it's easy to put a microphone in somebody's hand, but it sure is hard to take it out of their hand. Come on now. And we've all had those. We've always been around some of those that you put a microphone in their hand and their whole attitude changes. And it's hard to get that microphone back. It's hard to speak into their life because I don't know what they think about it, but it, ha it has power. And so uh, it can be used for the glory of God. There's a reason why Satan was cast out of heaven. And uh, he had all the pipes, by the way. He's the greatest musician that's ever lived. Michael Jackson couldn't touch him. Come on, I'm serious. But what got him thrown out of heaven was his heart, was his attitude. He tried to become God. And so the more we can have God on the inside of us, then, then the easier it is for us to know our role upon this earth as human beings, as Christians, as voices on the earth. And the Lord spoke to me earlier, and, and he said, I want you to share out of John chapter 4. Now, I've preached this about every way you can preach it, so I've got it in about 15 or 20 different messages. But uh, if you have your Bible there today, I want you to go to John chapter 4. And we'll look here at verse 23 and 24. I can uh, quote it, but I'll go ahead and pull it up for you, give you a chance to find it in your Bible or your smartphone. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. John chapter 4, verses 23 and 24. Thank you, Father. And a time will come, however, this is in the Amplified indeed, it's already here. Turn your neighbor and say, it's already here. When the true genuine worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. In the Amplified it says in spirit and in truth or reality. In other words, what God has spoken to us and what he's placed on the inside of us will become a reality television show. It will become reality. Now, I just, I don't want to blow the, you know, your bubble or anything, but most of what you see on television, and they call it reality TV, it's as fake as it can be. It's all been put together to take you down a path. But I'm telling you, as Christians, God drops in us His Spirit and His Word so that you and I can live out the reality of who Jesus Christ was when he was on the earth and what he wants us to do as, as believers and to be carriers of the glory of God wherever we go. You know, some people, I'll say this, it's kind of tongue-in-cheek, but some people have more faith that they're going to catch the cold or this virus than they can catch a healing. Some people won't even come to church because they're afraid they're going to catch whenever. You need to be in the house of the Lord because this is where you receive your healing. Now, you don't have to get it in church, but there's something about coming together with God's people. That exponential explosion of God's power. One can put 1,000 to flight, two can put 10,000 to flight. My friend who talked about numbers today, that'll mess with you when you start talking about the power of God being released in our life. One can put 1,000 to flight, two can put 10,000 to flight. It gets pretty big real quick. 
But some people, they would rather operate in the realm of the natural and do everything with the arm of the flesh. And that gets us in trouble because we can only do so much. Some of us here today have higher IQs than others. And, uh, you know, many degrees. I have a pastor friend. When I get around him, he kind of messes with my mind. He's got about four or five PhDs. Everything from, you know, Doctor of Divinity to uh, fishery science, molecular biology. He's got about six. I mean, so when you get around him, it's like I'm already intimidated. I don't even want to open my mouth. But, but whenever we get around God's people and we begin to realize that there is authority and there is a release of his power that he wants to, to release on the earth. And so the reality of who he is wants to become real and be made manifest on the earth, not just on the pages or, yeah, that was great for the, 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 the fathers of our faith long gone behind us, but God has something for his people today. Come on now. Today. I grew up Southern Baptist. My dad was a Baptist preacher until he got filled with the Holy Ghost. And when he got filled with the Holy Ghost, the Baptists didn't want us anymore. But we were taught growing up that all of this healing stuff had passed away with the last apostle. That it wasn't even an operation in the church. But here's the problem. When I was 18 years of age, we were doing a revival meeting at a Baptist church. I had asthma as a kid. And uh, the pastor came and he laid hands on me and anointed me with oil. I woke up the next morning. My lungs were totally clear. Never had an asthma attack since. And so when you, something like that happens to you, it, it messes with all of those things you've been taught as a boy. That you realize that God is a lot bigger. And that he is releasing his power. All we have to do is get ourselves in a position so that he can use us and so we can be used of him as an instrument of his glory. We were ministering in a church in Brazil here a few years ago. Big, huge conference. And, and on the Sunday morning, they had a guest speaker and we had sung throughout the week and preached at different times. And, but we were just guests more or less on the Sunday morning and I think I did one song or something. But they called a couple out and the pastor said, uh, the Lord's got a word for you. And he gave him the word. And then he said, Joe and Becky, come and lay hands on, on Pastor Enrique and his wife. So we walked over there and we laid our hands on them. But just before we started to lay hands on them, my wife leaned over and she grabbed me. She said, the Lord just showed me something, reminded me. I said, what's that, baby? She said, the Lord reminded me that we are his hands extended. It's not us, but it's his hands extended. We're just a conduit. And that's who we are. But allowing the spirit and truth of God, the reality of God, to be released in our lives. It's very, very important. For the Father is seeking such a people as those, as his worshipers. God is a spirit, a spiritual being. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. He is spirit. What we're going to get from God comes from the spiritual realm. This word, yes, it's the logos of God, but it's also the rhema of God. And that's what Paul talked about as far as the mysteries of the word of God. Before we're born again, people talk, 
talking about Christianese. You know, we have a lot of sayings, if you've been around the Word of God, and, and people coming into the kingdom, they don't understand some of our colloquialisms and things that we say. But the more they're around us and the more they're around the Word of God, they understand the mysteries. They become life to them. They become real to them. And so today the Lord spoke to Becky and I concerning, you know, just making room for the presence of the Lord, making room for Him in our life. And so I just wanted to share a few things. John chapter 14 and verse 17 says this, because the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth, he leads us to Jesus Christ. The spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. John talked about Jesus coming. He said, I baptize you with water, but there's one coming after me that will baptize you in the Holy Ghost and fire. We don't want to live life. We don't want to be worshipers. We don't want to, to, to walk this Christian life without the fire of God. And that's a challenge. We have a saying, Sunday comes every week. Did you know that most people today don't go to church but once or twice a month? That's the average in the local church today. Most people don't come every week like we all used to when we were growing up. Part of it's because they can stay home and watch it on the Stream. They can watch it on the internet. Or they're busy and they want to take time for their families. But but what I'm saying is, is that a lot of people today they 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 have gotten into this this routine. They love the Lord, but it's like we've lost the fire. Come on now. We've lost the fire. All you have to do is watch. Fox News, CNN, ABC, CBS, XYZ, doesn't matter. They all say the same thing. And most of it's bad news. A lot of it's fake. But most of it is bad news. Every now and then they'll show a dog being saved or something, you know, and, you know, that's their, that's their good news of the day. But the Lord drops some things in our spirit concerning our worship. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. Our worship today, just three or four things. Our worship, it's not about us. We have become a big me nation. It's all about me. Everybody, it's all about them. You have to be politically correct. You can't say anything the way it really needs to be said because you're going to hurt somebody's feelings. It's not about you. It's not even about me. It's really about him. The only person we need to please for sure is him. If we please him, I promise you, then we will know how to treat others. We'll know how to love others. We'll know how to to even approach people that don't love God. I mean, listen, there are a lot of things I could name and and talk about today, and and, and all of us have our our sore areas. But the bottom line is, is, for God so loved the world. Our job is to love them into the kingdom. Here's what I've learned about now. We're so polar opposites in our nation today. If you're not on that person's side of the spectrum, you ain't going to change their mind. It'll have to be God, bolt of lightning, I mean, you know, a sovereign moment for them to change their mind because it's just the way we think. But as God touches our heart and he changes our heart and the scripture becomes our plumb bob, 
then we're going to have to learn to stand on the Word of God, but we're going to have to learn how to allow the Word of God to become real in our life because we are going to be challenged. I'm telling you right now, in our nation, we are being challenged to the core of who we are and what we believe. There are black and white areas in the Bible. Very little is gray. Most of it's black and white. That's hard for some people. When I was growing up, my dad was military. Yes, sir, no, sir, no excuse, sir. There wasn't much gray area. He would tell me once. The second time, he'd look at me and he said, if I have to tell you again, it's not going to be good. So we usually didn't get to that third time because I've I, been there once before, and it's not good. But our Heavenly Father, He comes to us, and He drops things in our spirit, and He wants us to grow in Him, and He wants us to go to that new place in Him, allowing Him to become new in our life every day. But it's hard when you're here every week. Sunday comes every week. It's good to step into that same flow and kind of, I don't want to say go through the motions, but we have an order. We have an order of service. You have an order in your life, the way you go through your weekly routine. It's, it's, pretty, it's pretty hard to make room for the presence of the Lord in this day and age because our lives are already filled. And if we get out of the uh, uh, routine or get out of the habit of spending time with the presence of the Lord, it doesn't take three or four or five days and you realize, I haven't had any time with God. And then you come on Sunday morning and then you expect Pastor Dobbs to get you all ready. For a whole nother week. And thank God for ministers who can do that. But we have to learn how to stir up that gift of God on the inside of our life. And the, one of the first things we do that, making room for the presence, is we realize that, that really and truly this life is really not about me. But it really is about Him. It's about Him. It's not about how I feel, but who He is. Our worship is directed to him. If you started every day, Father, today this is your day. I know what I do for a living, but God, what do you have planned for me today? Lord, I know there are going to be clients that come into my office. Father, I know they're here because they're services that we provide, but Lord, why are they really here today? How can I be a blessing to those? It's really not about us. It's about him, that he would be able to release the reality of who he is on the inside of us, that we would make room for his presence in every aspect of our life, every aspect. It can be emotional. Some people really don't want to get emotional. They kind of like that, you know, even keel kind of thing. But I kind of get emotional whenever I think about what my heavenly Father has done for me. When I think about what he's done in my family, the wife that he has given me for nearly 41 years that we've been married together. When I think about all of those and our children and our grandbabies, we just found out just a couple of days ago that we're going to have another grandson or another granddaughter, we hope. But uh, she's eight weeks along. God is so good. It's really about him. He's the one who blesses. He's the one that pours out on us. There's not even room enough for us to receive it. You see, it can be emotional, but our worship should never be empty. It should never be from a place of a rosary. You understand what I'm saying when I say a rosary? In this place of duty that I've got to do this every day. No, we don't have to do anything. 
But out of that place of intimacy, making room for him, I want to. I want to. I don't want to go a day without making room for his presence. Our worship is not about us, but it's about him. Empty worship is devoid of any power. A lot of people come and they sing songs, but those songs never drop into their spirit. A lot of people will read their daily Bible reading, but it'll just be words on a page. Those, those words will never drop on the inside of their heart and their spirit. We have to be careful that our worship is not about us, but it's about Him. Second thing, we worship by the Spirit. By the Spirit. We are the Philippians chapter 3 and verse 3 says this, We are the circumcision which worship God in the Spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. We worship by the Spirit. Our flesh will let us down. <clears throat> we sang the first two songs and I walked over there and the lady, she said, I just love your voice. And I, and I wanted to tell her, ma'am, you sure made me feel good today, but this is not the day to tell me that my voice sounds very good. I can count on one hand in 46 years that I couldn't sing. I'm talking about five times, maybe. And whenever I get like this, it's, it's kind of frustrating. But thank God I don't lean on the arm of the flesh because it's not about that. Okay, it's not about that. The Spirit enables us to worship. He's the one who enables you to do what you do by the Spirit of God. No one can say Jesus is Lord but by the Spirit of God, 1 Corinthians 12 says. No one can come to Christ but by the Holy Spirit, John 6, says. Without the push, making room for the presence of God, without the push, the impulse, the unction of the Holy Spirit, worship is always in the flesh. Now, I love all styles of music. And so in our school, we don't teach style. But some music is soulish. You have to be careful. It's not about how many runs you can do. It's not about how high you can sing, how many notes you can play. It's not about that. Because move, music can move you. One of my biggest pet peeves is whenever you have an award show and, and they bring out some artist and then they bring out this 300-voice choir behind them and they're going to try and make you think you went to church. That, that, that grates on every nerve of my body because 95% of those people ain't never been in church. And I can take this some places where the heavens will fall and... There's a difference. So we worship by the Spirit. Our worship is not about us. It's about Him. It's about Him. That push, that's an acronym, praise until something happens. Sometimes you don't have the right answer. Sometimes you don't have the solution to what's facing you. But I promise you, if you'll get in the presence of the Lord and make room for Him, and you'll begin to worship Him, and you begin to praise, the atmosphere of your situation will change. 
heaven will come into that room and the reality of who he is will come and invade that situation just by pushing through the veil of the flesh and coming to that place of intimacy with God. And let me tell you something. We're all challenged to do that. I don't care how long you've been in the faith. There are certain things you know you can do in the natural realm, and, and you can operate there if you have to. But whenever you step through that veil, when you step through that veil and you step on the other side and it's just you and God and His presence is there and you've made room for Him. And then what needs to happen, God begins to bring revelation and He begins to show you exactly what needs to be done. There's something about that. And here's the deal. The enemy, what he doesn't mean, to, I mean, I know he's got a, he's got a plan. But we don't mean for that to happen. But sometimes we can just get so busy that we don't make room for the presence of the Lord and we end up doing a lot of what we do with the arm of the flesh. Our worship is not about us. It's about Him. We need to make room for Him in every aspect. But then we worship by the Spirit. Don't just come solely before the Lord. Now, I will say this. Sometimes just out of sheer, God, I'm going to do this because your word says do it. I don't feel like doing it. But I'm going to do it anyway. You might start that way, but I promise you, if you're a true worshiper, you ain't going to end up back there. You're going to end up in a place of glory, and the presence of God is going to overwhelm every aspect of what's going on. The third thought here today, to worship, we acknowledge His presence. You see, His presence was poured out on the earth on the day of Pentecost. And you know what we can do? We can get so busy, we ignore the fact He's here. Can I say that again? Sometimes we can get so busy, we ignore the fact that He is here. That God is here and He's trying to move. He's trying to, he's trying, he's trying to invade our space. He's trying to touch every aspect of our life. But sometimes we feel like we've got a pretty good handle on it, so, so we just more or less ignore that He's here. I've done it. I've done it before. In Psalm 63, the Bible says, Oh God, earnestly I will seek you. There's, there, there's, a, there's this, this pull. There's the push, but there's this pull of the Holy Spirit. He's saying, come on. I want to spend time with you. We need to have this time of intimacy together. The psalmist, I, I, last year, Pastor Bacon, and I got to go to Israel again. And as we stood there on the Temple Mount, and then we walked down off of that over to the side there and, and where they're excavating David's, the city of David, where his palace was. And whenever I stand on that place and I look back across to the Temple Mount, I'm just reminded of all of the Psalms and David's heart for the presence of God and, and how he longed even to be there in that temple. Even in Psalm 27, I might have shared this last time. Verse 4, one thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I can dwell in the house all the days of my life. To hold his beauty. Now, I can, just, I can just imagine. Because, see, David was from the house of Jesse. He couldn't serve that temple. He couldn't take care of the lampstands and the, and the uh, uh, showbread and the incense. He couldn't do that because he was from the wrong tribe. But his heart longed to be there. Oh, God, oh, I, I seek after, I long after you. His heart 
You see, if you're not careful, if you don't spend time in his presence and make room for his presence, then what happens is your hunger for him begins to subside. Now, I've got eight grandbabies, and I can ruin their dinner real quick by letting them have cookies and ice cream. And because I'm grandpa or I'm, pa I'm poppy, I can do it. And their mom and dad, they might get mad for a minute, but I can do it. But sometimes we get so full of the things of the world that our, our godly appetite struggles. And so we need to make room for his presence because he's here. But there's something about acknowledging that he's here. Lord, I, I welcome you today. I welcome you, Lord, to touch me. Send your ministering angels, Lord. I, I, Lord, I ask you to touch every just, just, just by acknowledging that it's here. It changes the atmosphere. It changes the atmosphere. He said this. He said, cast me not away from your presence in Psalm 51. A lot of great scriptures. Psalm 100, verse 2. Come before his presence with singing. There's something about coming with that heart of gratitude. That, that heart of thankfulness. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 16. May he grant you out of the rich treasury of his glory to be strengthened and reinforced by the Holy Ghost. And Psalm 66 and verse 3. Say to God how awesome and how fearfully glorious are your works. There's something about acknowledging his presence. Yes, he's here. But true worshipers, those that, that want to spend time, want to make room for his presence, they acknowledge that he's here. The last thing I want to drop in your spirit this morning is this. To worship in spirit and truth, you have to be in relationship. You have to be in relationship. It's not that we come. There are three things in this relationship side of this that, that I love. The first thing is this. That when we, we are born again, we don't come and visit God. When we're born again, he comes to live on the inside of us. To be a worshiper is to dwell in his presence, to make room for his presence. I'm just reminding you of things you already know. But when we come into the house of God like this, it's, it's like let's just shake off all the affairs of the week and, and let's let this time be as fruitful as it can be. Let it realign some things in our life. Let it bring a, a remembrance to us of, of, of things that God has done. And then in the time of worship and praise, it's our opportunity to lift our voices and thank Him and acknowledge that He's actually here. The reality of who He is in our life. I love it. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 17 through 21. May Christ through your faith actually dwell. I love this. Settle down, abide, make His permanent home in your heart is to acknowledge that he's here, to make his presence known and make his presence welcome in our hearts. Lord, I verbally say you are welcome. You have permission. You have permission to change anything that needs to be changed. Lord, I yield to your presence. People ask us, say, well, why do people fall on the ground? They're just yielding to the presence of God. I don't know what happens while they're on the ground. Some just go to sleep. I had a pastor. Prayed for him and on the floor, and, and I went and did some more 
prayed for them, come back by, and I heard him. He's out. Some people, they just sleep. That's okay, too. But we yield to the presence of the Lord. Making room for his presence is, is to understand that he's come to abide, to dwell, to live on the inside of us. And he wants to live big. He wants to live big on the inside of us. The second thing is this, is that whenever we make room, we walk with Him. We walk in the Spirit. It's a journey. (coughs) Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16 talks about walking in the Spirit. There's a walk with God. We need to acknowledge that He's here and, and, and then allow Him to lead us in our walk, in our journey with God. And then the last thing is this, dwell, walk, Last thing is this, we stir up that gift of God that's on the inside of us. In that relationship, just like any, been married 41 years. There are times whenever we need to get away, we don't need to talk about church. We don't need to talk about the calendar. We don't need to talk about the grandkids. We don't need to talk about the kids. We don't talk about the bills. We just need to spend time with one another. Come on now. There are times whenever you just need to spend time with your spouse and y'all just love on each other. Reminisce a little bit. Talk about a few things. We, we were talking about at Christmas time. Uh, Lord gave me a message uh, about it's all about the presence and uh, kind of a play on words. When I was 10 and my brother John was five, my family, two boys and three girls, we each got the same thing. The boys got the same thing. The girls got the same thing. So we all had to open our presents at the same time because everybody knew what they were getting. When I was 10, we both got a fiberglass bow and arrow set. My brother was five. I don't know what my dad was thinking, but for my brother to shoot that bow and arrow, he had to put his foot down so he could prop the bow and shoot the arrow. And they were steel tip arrows that you use. So on Christmas Day, I got shot in the foot with an arrow. So we were reminiscing about all that. And our very first Christmas, when we were serving and working with my parents, we were just getting started. I think we both made $50 a week. Anybody remember Sears Roebuck, Montgomery Wards? Someone told me the other day you could buy a house in the Sears and Roebuck catalog at one time. True. And so we go to Sears and, you know, we're, we're living on a meager salary. I bought my wife a sweater, and I was so proud. And I bought this beautiful sweater, and I looked underneath the tree, and my present was long and narrow, and I'm thinking, what in the world did she get me? Maybe it was a shower curtain rod. I didn't know what it was. I opened it up, and it was a Remington shotgun, Model 870 pump shotgun. And I looked at that thing, and I went, honey, I said, Whoa, I said, this is beautiful, but we can't afford this. So make a long story short, we took it back, and she bought me a sweater. But sometimes it's great just for us to be by ourselves and just all of our journeys and things, don't talk about anything, but just, just us. When was the last time you made room for the presence of the Lord? When it really wasn't just about what you were asking for and what you needed, but just 
You just wanted to be in his presence because it's really all about him. And then as you were worshiping in that place, just honoring him, that his spirit rolled in the room. And you knew that the reality of who he is was being made manifest in your presence. I mean big time right then. Last night we were talking with Pastor and his and. Uh, we were sharing a story, and maybe my wife can share it in one of our times when we come, about our daughter's wedding, how my, our Heavenly Father showed up massively for that wedding. You see, He wants to come, and He wants to invade every aspect of your life. I'm not here today to say that you don't love Him, but we're all busy. We're all busy. We can fill our life, we can fill our day with everything but the presence of the Lord. <coughs> our worship is about Him. And if we are going to worship, let's worship in spirit and truth. Allow His Spirit to come alive. Every day of your life, acknowledge that He's here. Acknowledge that He's got His hand on you and your family and your marriage, your business my wife and I we don't do it every day but I'll promise you we do it most every day before we ever get out of the bed we grab each other's hand and all we say is this Father we thank you for another day we thank you Father for this opportunity in Vancouver Washington Father we thank you for your anointing for your strength for everything that we need when we put our feet on that platform, we have everything we need. We acknowledge His presence. Why? Because we want that intimate relationship with Him more than anything else. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just put your Bibles down. I haven't even looked at the clock. Am I in, in trouble? I'm doing pretty good, actually. Hallelujah. Just put your Bibles, your purses down. Amen. And I just want you right where you are. Just lift your hands. I want you just to tell the Lord. Say, Lord, I love you with all my heart. Just acknowledge who he is. Say, Lord, I worship you today. Come on, let's just practice his presence. Let's make room for who he is. Lord, I love you today. I thank you for who you are. Lord, I thank you that your spirit has been poured out upon my life. That, Lord, I couldn't even meet Jesus without your spirit coming and touching my heart and revealing Jesus to me. Lord, today we acknowledge that you are here. That your spirit has been poured out upon the earth. Lord, in my own life, this temple, this house, I make room for you. Lord, you have permission to remove anything that's not of you. Attitudes, words that are spoken, thoughts that are not toward you. Lord, whatever needs to be done, we acknowledge that you are here and we give you permission to move, to break every yoke of bondage. And then last of all, Lord, that relationship bride and bridegroom Lord we pray that our relationship with you grows every day just like a marriage 
that, Lord, we don't grow apart, but we grow closer and closer together. That, Lord, you would just touch. You would reveal yourself to each and every one of us. Every need in this room today, we ask you, Lord, to come and touch your people. Marriages. Touch marriages this morning, Lord. Touch marriages today. Lord, I believe there's some businessmen and women here today. Father, they're needing to go to another level. Lord, they've tried to do it with the arm of the flesh. They've done all of the natural things that need to be done. But Lord, all it takes is for you to breathe over that business. Lord, it will multiply. It will bear much fruit. So Father, today we honor you in this place. We give you praise. You deserve the glory and the honor as we lift our hands in worship as we lift your holy name you deserve the glory and the honor as we lift our hands in worship as we praise your holy name you are great you do miracles so great there is no one else like you there is no one else like you seated just for a moment, Pastor. Turn it over to you. 